Get this full audiobook for free by clicking now the link in the description. It's brought to you by The Book Guide. I knew the way by heart. I loved Paris, a city with secrets, like book covers, some leather, some cloth. Each Parisian door led to an unexpected world. A courtyard could contain a knot of bicycles or a plump concierge armed with a broom. In the case of the library, the massive wooden door opened to a secret garden. Bordered by petunias on one side, lawn on the other, the white pebble path led to the brick and stone mansion. I crossed the threshold beneath French and American flags fluttering side by side and hung my jacket on the rickety coat rack, breathing in the best smell in the world, a melange of the mossy scent of musty books and crisp newspaper pages. I felt as if I'd come home. A few minutes early for the interview, I skirted the circulation desk, where the always debonair librarian listened to subscribers. Where can a fella find a decent stake in Paris? asked a newcomer in cowboy boots. Why should I pay the fine when I didn't even finish the book? demanded cantankerous Madame Simon, and entered the quiet of the cosy reading room. At a table near the French windows, Professor Cohen read the paper, a jaunty peacock feather tucked in her chignon. Mr Price Jones pondered Time magazine as he puffed on his pipe. Ordinarily, I would have said hello, but nervous about my interview, I sought refuge in my favourite section of the stacks. I loved being surrounded by stories, some as old as Time, others published just last month. I thought I might borrow a novel from my brother. More and more now, at all hours of the night, I would wait to the sound of him typing his tracts. If Remy wasn't writing articles about how France should help the refugees driven out of Spain by the Civil War, he was insisting that Hitler would take over Europe, the way he'd taken a chunk of Czechoslovakia. The only thing that made Remy forget his worries, which was to say the worries of others, was a good book. I ran my fingers along the spines. Choosing one, I opened to a random passage. I never judged a book by its beginning. It felt like the first and last date I'd once had, both of us smiling too brightly. No, I opened to a page in the middle where the author wasn't trying to impress me. There are darknesses in life and there are lights, I read. You are one of the lights, the light of all light. We oui, merci, Mr Stoker. This is what I would say to Remy if I could. Now I was late. I hurried to the circulation desk, where I signed the card and slid Dracula into my handbag. The directress was waiting. As always, her chestnut hair was swept up in a bun, a silver pen poised in her hand. Everyone knew of Miss Reader. She wrote articles for newspapers and dazzled on the radio, inviting all to the library, students, teachers, soldiers, foreigners and French. She was adamant that there was a place here for everyone. I'm Odile Souchet. Sorry to be late. I was early and I opened a book. Reading is dangerous, Miss Reader said with a knowing smile. Let's go to my office. I followed her through the reading room, where subscribers in smart suits lowered their newspapers to get a better look at the famous directress. Up the spiral staircase and down a corridor in the sacred employees-only wing to her office.
which smelled of espresso. On the wall hung a large aerial photo of a city. It's blocks like a chessboard, so different from Paris's winding streets. Noting my interest, she said, That's Washington, D.C. I used to work at the Library of Congress. She gestured for me to be seated and sat at her desk, which was covered by papers, some trying to sneak out of the tray, others held in place by a hole puncher. In the corner was a shiny black phone. Beside Miss Reader, a chair held a batch of books. I spied novels by Isaac Dennison and Edith Wharton. A bookmark? A bright ribbon, really. Beckoned from each, inviting the directress to return. What kind of reader was Miss Reader? Unlike me, she'd never leave books open-faced for a lack of a mark push. She'd never leave them piled under her bed. She would have four or five going at once. A book tucked in her handbag for bus rides across the city. One that a dear friend had asked her opinion about.